You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. This is RUV English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company once again. I'm back at the National Museum of Iceland in Reykjavik and we're taking another look at another strange ban that was in place in Iceland until relatively recently. This one lifted in the 1970s and I didn't know about this until very recently. I think it's rather less well known than, for example, the beer ban that we've looked at and with once again Helga Volitsen at the museum. And Helga, today we look back to a time when, <laughs> never mind not being able to buy beer, if you wanted to buy milk you couldn't just go to the supermarket, you had to go to a special milk shop. Uh, yes, for a a long time you had to go to, to the milk shop um, where you could be sure that the hygiene and cleanliness of the people working there and, and the things used there were okay and up to standard. Um, also, it was a monopoly, so you had to, the, the, the price of milk was put in law and you had to buy it from the farmers in a certain part of the country that would deliver milk to a certain part of the country. Um, and this kept on well into the 20th century. This must have really been a nuisance. I mean, you think today if you need a, you know, a litre of milk or whatever, you can nip out to, a, a, you'll find a petrol station that's open all the time or a supermarket that's open 24 hours. Did these milk shops have convenient opening hours? They did open one hour earlier than most grocery stores. Okay. So that's a positive Something, thing. Something, I suppose, yeah. And they had butter and they had uh, milk and, and cream. So most necessities that you would need on a, on a daily basis, maybe. Other grocery stores you could go to on a, maybe once a week. You didn't have to buy uh, flour or eggs yes. and everything daily. And on that hygiene point, was there really a belief that only the people who worked in the milk stores were, <laughs> were clean enough, were hygienic enough? Maybe originally, yeah. but I don't think that is a thing when we get into the latter, latter part of the 20th century. Did the price of milk fall, do we know, once it became possible to buy it in other places? Was that one of the, the reasons maybe why the farmers wanted to keep that system, because they could help control the price? That was definitely one of the reasons they wanted to have the system in, in place in the first place. But I haven't come across anything about the prices going up once the ban was lifted. Yeah. Uh, it seems to have been happening over a period of time that the grocery stores were starting to sell milk. And then the, the milk store started closing down. I have a quote from 1976 from one of the heads of Mjölkursamsala, uh, who sold the milk. And he says that no man in his uh, right mind would have a milk store next to a, a normal store or a grocery store that also sells milk. Mm -hmm. So this is probably why the milk stores closed down in yes. the end. Yes. We've talked about politicians having views on the beer ban being lifted. Do we know if this was a political issue? Did people really want to be able to buy milk in supermarkets and was there pressure for that to happen? Well, this is, uh, the, the supermarkets are coming in as a new thing just around the same time. Mm, this is the 70s? It's the yeah, 70s. Yeah. Uh, up until this time, you're mostly buying from the Kuchmadrin the, Hotninu, the growth system, the corner. Mm. It's just, it's a sign of the new era in Iceland, yes. of modern times, of, of mass production and just <laughs> us becoming big, yes, starting to yes. be a 
little country. Maybe doing things in the way that the rest of the world did or was, was doing, but also changing in the same way the rest of the world was. One of the exhibits that we're looking at here in the museum is of, well, there's a lot of milk packaging here, isn't there? I can see a lot of milk cartons. Do any of these date back to the days when you would have had to buy them in the milk shop? This triangular one here. Yeah, it's in the shape of a pyramid. Yeah. Milk, one litre. It's a red triangular carton in a sort of pyramid shape. That could only have been bought in one of the milk shops. Yes, these were bought in milk shops, but also people would have milk bottles and, and the metal bottles uh, to pick up the milk in. And you can see also all of the square milk cartons that are typical for a supermarket shelf. Uh, and come in the, in the late 70s and early 80s. And milk delivery by milkmen? Not so much uh, in the capital area or the cities, but uh, in the countryside, most definitely. We even have pop songs about it. Fantastic. I wish there was an audience here to applaud. <laughs> Superb. Well, that has really brought to life the milk, well, not the milk ban, but the ban on being able to buy milk anywhere other than one of the official milk stores. And the last one would have closed down then towards the end of the 1970s. 76, yeah. I believe it was. Or yeah. maybe it was February 77. There was uh, this milk samlach um, collectives all around the country. So they would... Uh, provide milk in different places. One thing I want to add about the milk is if you look at the, uh, the cartons of all of them, yes. they have so many of the traditional patterns and they show so much of the... Beautiful designs. Yes, and you have the turf farm and the cow and, and the, uh, I think it's a Viking lady holding the cow, or the patterns from the carvings, traditional carvings, uh, Viking patterns. So I, I think it's quite interesting to see uh, the cultural heritage yeah. shown in Absolutely. the milk. Well, we spoke a few episodes ago to an artist working in Reykjavik who uses milk cartons as her raw materials. So they're getting a second life. Where did these milk cartons come from? Because most people would have considered this to be rubbish and would have just thrown it out. Yeah, they come from uh, a special collection we have in the museums called Ausbudarsap. It was a man called Andres Jonsson who lived in Hapnafjörður and he had a museum there, a collection, and collected everything. And it's such a God's gift for, to, for us today because yeah, yeah, every yeah. time you want something that people would normally have thrown out, yes. he has it. I guess a lot of this would be recycled these days, but you can imagine this all being in a bin bag and just going out to landfill at some point. It's, a, it's not just milk cartons. We've got a, a treasure trove of other consumer items as well throughout, I guess, most of the 20th century here. Yes, most of the 20th century. And what I also think is quite interesting is to see how much Icelandic production has been through all of the 20th century, mm. uh, from cleaning powders to food items and, and Everything. sweets. And Everything, yeah. I'm looking for the most unusual item here in this cabinet. I think that's probably, uh, where is it? Here, colored sugar water, a soda drink of some okay. sort. Okay. 
And I just, I love the thing that they advertise that it's colored and they advertise that it's soda water because those are the two things you would not advertise today. <laughs> yeah, they would be taken for granted, wouldn't they? they would yeah, be, without be... artificial coloring and without sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Elga, thank you very much. We have some more strange traditional bands and restrictive practices to look at in future episodes here on Roof English. I'm Darren Adam. Get in touch with us anytime. We are English at ruv.is. You're listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.